Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello, and welcome to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. I hope you had an amazing, festive, awesome get-together with your family for Thanksgiving this year. I certainly did. It was an absolute great time. We ended up with a few extra guests that we didn't expect, kind of last minute, and it went really super perfectly. The food was good, even though I was partly in charge, and the company was great, and we played games, and we talked, and we laughed, and it was just like a normal Thanksgiving, and I hope that you experienced something similar. It is a beautiful, amazing time of year. I absolutely love the post-Thanksgiving through New Year's Day time. Not that I don't love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's great too. But for me, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas and I love this time of year. I hope you do too. I hope you enjoy it. It does get cold. It was bitter cold uh, the last couple of days when I was out and about uh, playing with my kids. And uh, it's even cold in my basement as I'm recording this episode of Vitality Radio. But hey, that's okay. I love doing it and I will be full of energy even in the chill. All right. I wanted to, before we get going, I want to remind you of a couple of things. If you are listening to the podcast and if you have an Apple device, I'm sorry if you're on Android, this is not a discriminatory thing. It's just what it is. Apple Podcasts, about 75% of you listening to the podcast are listening on an iPhone. If that is the case, I need your help and I'm going to ask you to give it to me, but I'm going to incentivize you a little bit. Hopefully the incentive of just sharing this show with your friends and family is enough because you think that the value is here and that they'll want to hear and listen to what I have to say. But if not, and you want need a little more incentive, I'm going to provide it here in just a second. I currently have 77 written reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I have released 86 episodes, including this one, so far since we started doing the show back in January. In seven weeks, I will hit 100 episodes. I have a goal that I set a little while back to get to 100 written reviews by the time we released 100 episodes. And as you can see, I'm a little behind. 77 written reviews, 86 episodes, got to step it up. So, like I said, I hope your enjoyment of the show is enough incentive, but if not, I get it. Life is hectic, especially this time of year. Taking time to review a show might not sound that exciting, but there is real benefit to me. Yes, this is about me right now and about the podcast, but I hope you recognize that it is really about more than that. We really want to build more people listening to this show so that we can get more education on alternatives to drugs and surgeries, real truth about what we're hearing about our health, as opposed to just the propaganda that you get from the mainstream media, 
That's what Vitality Radio is all about. So I need 23 more reviews, 23 more reviews that post on Apple Podcasts. That is a five-star review, but also a written review telling people why you like the show. And you can say whatever you want. I want you to be honest. If you don't love the show, please don't leave a review. I don't need those. (laughs) But if you love the show, I'd love to have the five stars and just a few words about why. In order to incentivize you, I'm going to draw from the next 23 reviews, three names randomly, once I've had the 23rd review in, that will get a $50 gift card to Vitality Nutrition. So I'm going to give away $150 worth of gift cards to Vitality Nutrition. Three different people will win. That gives you a about a one in eight chance of winning a $50 gift card. That's way better odds than you get of catching Corona virus. So I would love for you to do it. The way that you do it is you've got to take a picture, a screenshot on your phone or on your computer of the the review before it is posted. Okay. That's important. You've got to send the screenshot before it's posted to info at vitalitynutrition.net. That's info, I-N-F-O at vitalitynutrition.net. And when I hit a hundred reviews, I will draw from a hat names of three of you who did this for me, and I will give you a $50 gift card to Vitality Nutrition to spend just like cash on anything you want. My goal is to build enough buzz through downloads and reviews that Apple will start sharing my podcast with their listeners who aren't necessarily looking for this show. Specifically, if you love the message I share, please help me find a wider audience. I would greatly appreciate it. And then, like I say, take a screenshot send it to info at vitalitynutrition.net. I would love, love, love for you to participate in this. I really want to get these numbers up so that we can get this show out to more listeners. Thank you. Now, if you have been a regular listener, and if you happen to hear last week's episode where I talked a lot about common sense, one of the things that I talked about was something that I don't necessarily endorse, but it would make a lot more sense than some of these other so-called common sense suggestions that are being made by Dr. Fauci and the others uh, that are uh, in power of our uh, over our health here in this country. So last week, I suggested that the government might sponsor vitamin D, get vitamin D into the hands of all the citizens. It would cost less than vaccination. It would cost less than so many other things. And we know that vitamin D deficiency is one of the major corollaries, I guess you could say, between people who get sick with coronavirus versus people who do not, that that vitamin D deficiency is a major factor. We also know that vitamin D deficiency is a major factor in the contraction of any type of viral illness, uh, including influenza and so on and so forth. So I mentioned that, hey, maybe it would make sense for the government to pony up some cash and give vitamin D to all of the citizens and see if that would help to fight coronavirus. Because in my view, based on the research that we have, it would be more effective than social distancing, more effective than face masks, more effective than lockdowns, and all these other things that have been tried with virtually no actual effect, near as we can tell, because the numbers continue to increase, even though the mandates come down harder and harder, as I talked about on last week's show. Well, I was saying that as just almost a thought exercise, just to help you think outside the box a little bit and say, hey, well, maybe we should do something that actually prevents coronavirus. Well, check it out. Turns out Boris Johnson, 
over there in uh, the UK, he must listen to Vitality Radio. That's pretty cool. Hopefully he's listening now and he'll leave a review. Eh, probably not. This was probably in works before. But Elizabeth, my wonderful producer, who puts this show together and makes it sound much better than I could do on my own every week, she sent me an Instagram post this week. And it says that more than 2.5 million people in England will get free vitamin D. Check this out. This is from The Guardian. The government will be offering a free supply of vitamin D to people on the clinically extremely vulnerable list which, uh, while care homes in England will automatically receive supplies of the supplement for their residents. The free deliveries will start in January, providing four months worth of vitamin D. Public Health England, which is CDC over there essentially, advises everyone to take 10 micrograms of vitamin D a day between October and early March, particularly the elderly, people who do not go outside, and those with dark skin. Vitamin D is often referred to as the sunshine vitamin, Because the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown measures keeping people inside more than normal may have a higher risk of vitamin D deficiency. Oh, interesting. So hiding from the virus may actually make us more susceptible to it. Yes, I've discussed that before. Anyone who can purchase vitamin D supplements in England is advised to start taking them now, not wait until January. Research is ongoing. There's even a project at Queen Mary University in London investigating if correcting people's vitamin D deficiencies over winter can reduce the risk uh, or severity of COVID-19 and other acute respiratory infections. And of course, we know that it can because we have already got plenty of evidence of that. So interestingly enough, over in England, they're actually doing something pretty smart with the vitamin D thing. Now, I don't generally like the government to step up and provide a bunch of free stuff for us. But if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, because, you know, they're talking about, well, the vaccines will be free. Of course, they're not free, right? We pay for them with our tax dollars. Um, And the vitamin D is not free. We pay for that with our tax dollars. But if the government's going to fake like they're giving us free stuff, how about give us something that's actually useful, that is not dangerous, and that we clinically know will help with COVID? Um, I guess congratulations to England. (laughs) Very interesting stuff. And now, without further ado, though, it is time for the Vital Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. Johns Hopkins Newsletter. That's a student-run independent, they claim, newsletter by students at Johns Hopkins uh, University. They retracted an article from their blog last week, just uh, right at Thanksgiving time. And this is what they said with the retraction. Editor's note, after the newsletter published this article on November 22nd, it was brought to our attention that our coverage of Genevieve Briand's presentation, COVID-19 Deaths, a look at the U.S. data, has been used to support dangerous inaccuracies that minimize the impact of the pandemic. 
We decided on November 26th to retract the article to stop the spread of misinformation, as we noted on social media. However, it is our responsibility as journalists to provide a historical record. We have chosen to take down the article from our website, but it is available here as a PDF. And you can bet your bottom dollar that I downloaded it because anything right now being retracted, censored, fact-checked, or anything else is generally worth reading because most of that stuff is actually where the truth is. So let's go through Genevieve Brienne's presentation, COVID-19 deaths, a look at the U.S. data, and see why it may have been retracted and why it might be so dangerous and might be the cause of a spread of misinformation. I want you to remember those two words, dangerous misinformation, as we read through this. Because I want you to tell me at the end if I'm missing something that's dangerous or misinformation. So they go on to say that they are independent of Johns Hopkins and that they made this decision for themselves. But my best guess is that they received a huge amount of pressure from the powers that be and made a compromise that they could take the article down and retract it if they would still leave it up as a historical record. That's just a guess. But thankfully, it is up as a historical record. We have access to it, and I'm going to go through it with you right now. So what does the article say? First off, Genevieve Briand is the assistant program director of the Applied Economics Master's Degree Program at Hopkins. She did the research and then published it as a YouTube video, and then it was snapped up by the independent student-run Johns Hopkins newsletter. In the article, she explained that the significance of COVID-19 on U.S. deaths can be fully understood only through comparison to the number of total deaths in the United States. After retrieving data on the CDC website, okay, this is coming from the CDC, Briand compiled a graph representing percentages of total deaths per age category from early February to early September of 2020 which includes the period from before COVID-19 was detected in the U.S. to after infection rates soared. Surprisingly, though, the deaths of older people stayed the same before and after COVID-19. Since COVID-19 mainly affects the elderly, experts expected an increase in the percentage of deaths in older age groups. However, this increase is not seen from the CDC data. In fact, the percentages of deaths among all age groups remain relatively the same. These data uh, analysis suggests that in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. Now, those are some pretty powerful claims Ms. Briand is putting out there, right? that the number of deaths from COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on deaths in the United States. Now, this may come as a shock to many people. How is it that the data lie so far from our perception? Well, we've talked about this on previous episodes of Vitality Radio, that perception is a dangerous thing. What we think we see versus what might actually be the truth, eh, Sometimes they don't measure up, right? So to answer the question, Brianne decided not just to look at February through September. She decided to look at the last six years, seven years, all the way back to 2014. 
And she shifted her focus to the, to the deaths per cause during those years. Okay. So how many people died from heart disease? How many people died from pneumonia and so on and so forth. Analysis of deaths per cause in 2018 revealed that the pattern of seasonal increase in the total number of deaths is a result of the rise in deaths by all causes, with the top three being heart disease, respiratory diseases, influenza, and pneumonia. This is true every year. Every year in the U.S., when we observe the seasonal ups and downs, we have an increase of deaths due to all causes, Brianne pointed out, every year, not just 2020. When Brianne looked at the 2020 data during that seasonal period, COVID-19-related deaths exceeded deaths from heart disease. This was highly unusual since heart disease has always prevailed as the leading cause of deaths in all of the previous years. However, when taking a closer look at the death numbers, she noted something strange. As Briand compared the number of deaths per cause during that period in 2020 to 2018, she noticed that instead of the expected drastic increase across all causes, there was a significant decrease in deaths due to heart disease. Even more surprising, as seen in the graph below, this sudden decline in deaths is observed for all other causes, the article says. Now, you don't have the graph in front of you, but I'm going to tell you exactly what the graph says in just a moment. This trend is completely contrary, she said, to the pattern observed in all previous years. Interestingly, the total decrease in deaths by other causes almost exactly equals the increase in deaths by COVID-19. I want to read that again. Interestingly, the total decrease in deaths by other causes, heart disease, respiratory illnesses, and so on, almost exactly equals the increase in deaths by COVID-19. This suggests, according to Briand, that the COVID-19 death toll is misleading. Briand believes that deaths due to heart disease, respiratory diseases, influenza, and pneumonia may instead be just recategorized as being due to COVID-19. Now, hold on to that for a minute. The CDC classified all deaths that are related to COVID-19 simply as COVID-19 deaths. They don't say heart disease. They don't say anything else. They just say COVID-19 deaths. Even patients dying from other underlying diseases, but that are affected with or infected with COVID-19 count as a COVID-19 death. This is likely the main explanation as to why COVID-19 deaths drastically increased, while deaths by all other diseases saw a drastic decrease. All of this points to no evidence that COVID-19 created any excess deaths. Total death numbers are not above normal death numbers. We found no evidence to the contrary, Brand concluded. Now, I want to point out that everything I'm reading here is directly from that article. It's not my opinion. This is all based on Brianne's findings. In an interview with the newsletter, Brianne addressed the question of whether COVID-19 deaths can be called misleading, since the infection might have exacerbated or even led to deaths by other underlying diseases. That's a fair question. 
if the COVID-19 death toll was not misleading at all, she said, what we should have observed is an increased number of heart attacks and increased COVID-19 numbers, but a decreased number of heart attacks and all the other death causes doesn't give us a choice but to point to some misclassification, Breanne replied. In other words, the effect of COVID-19 on deaths in the U.S. is considered problematic only when it increases the total number of deaths or the true death burden by a significant amount in addition to the expected deaths by other causes. In other words, people are going to die every year. And there is a basic trend in terms of how people die in America, heart disease being at the top of that trend. For a long time, but definitely all the way back to 2014, the numbers that she was reviewing. And so if COVID, if there are 267,000 COVID deaths in this country, then we ought to have about 267,000 more deaths than we normally would have in any given year. Since the crude number of total deaths by all causes before and after COVID-19 has stayed the same, one can hardly say in Brianne's view, that COVID-19 deaths are concerning. Now, that is a powerful statement. I don't know anything about this researcher, Brianne, but all she did is simply run the numbers. She looked at the number of deaths from all causes over a seven-year period, including 2020. She looked at just 2020. She looked at just 2020 compared to 2019 and 2018 to get the most current numbers. And she thinks that there's a mass misclassification, that the same number of people died. It's just that they're classifying a bunch of them as COVID-19 instead of heart disease or some of these other things. So then what's wrong with this article? What's the problem? I mean, it's solely based on the CDC's numbers. They are the holy arbiters of health in our nation. So if their numbers specifically show no increase in total deaths and simply a reshuffling of how those deaths are counted, why shouldn't the public be made aware of this? How on earth is this article dangerous and misinformation? I mean, this is statistics. It's numbers. It's not somebody's idea. I'm not the only one asking these questions. On the James Fetzer blog, uh, a gentleman named Edward Hendry wrote an article called Retracted Johns Hopkins Article Proves COVID-19 Death Statistics from the CDC Are Manipulated. Well, she, he said, the powers that be could not allow Brianne's article to reveal the truth. And so the article was retracted. The reason given was that Johns Hopkins was concerned that the article has been used to support dangerous inaccuracies that minimize the impact of the pandemic. In fact, they went on to minimize her credentials in an incredibly insulting manner, in my opinion. Now, listen to who Briand is again. She is the assistant director for the Masters in Applied Economics program at Johns Hopkins. Briand is neither a medical professional nor a disease researcher, they said. Might I ask, though, how someone heavily educated in 
economics, which is all about math, is not qualified to research numbers and statistics? Brianne could likely run circles around your average medical expert when it comes to numbers and statistics. That's what she does. But of course, it is, I suppose, common sense to not trust anyone outside of government or medicine with this specific type of math. So they basically throw their colleague under the bus. They say, well, you know, she's the director of the Masters of Applied Economics. You know, that's fine and whatever, but she's not a medical professional or a disease researcher. It has nothing to do with medical profession or disease. It has to do with numbers. She looked at raw data numbers, statistics, and this is what she came up with. And somehow that's dangerous information. Back to the article. But in the retraction notice, Johns Hopkins actually acknowledged the principal finding made by Briand that the number of deaths due to heart diseases, respiratory diseases, influenza, and pneumonia had been shifted to the COVID-19 list of deaths. The retraction states that Briand also claimed in her analysis that deaths due to heart disease, respiratory disease, influenza, and pneumonia may be incorrectly categorized as COVID-19 related deaths. However, COVID-19 disproportionately affects those with pre-existing conditions. So those with those underlying conditions are statistically more likely to be severely affected and die from the virus. So that's their excuse is that, well, yeah, but those people that are already sick with those other diseases, they're disproportionately affected by COVID-19. But notice that the retraction does not dispute Brianne's findings at all. Rather, it tries to explain it as being caused by the fact that those with these underlying conditions are statistically more likely to be severely affected and die from the virus. What the retraction did not say is the fact that the COVID-19 death statistics from the CDC list those who die with COVID-19 and not necessarily those who die from COVID-19. There is a big difference, which of course I've been saying since April when Deborah Burks and every other official who was asked admitted that they were classifying many deaths as COVID-19 deaths, even if there was not a positive COVID-19 test, or if it was just suspected that they may maybe had COVID-19. Because those who die with COVID, we know, according to the CDC, have 2.6 additional comorbidities. These comorbidities are actual verified illnesses. But those comorbidities are brushed under the rug and ignored as a possible cause of death. And that death is always listed as COVID-19. So in other words, this is what Briand actually found and reported. And now these are my words. We have had almost exactly the same number of deaths this year as we did last year and as we did in 2018 and as we did in 2017 and as we did in 2016, all the way back to 2014. But for some reason in 2020, we have had a huge drop in deaths from heart disease and other respiratory diseases other than COVID-19. And when I say almost exactly the same, Briand published 
three consecutive weeks worth of death totals from April. Check these out. During those three weeks, Briand looked at the death totals from heart disease, cancer, chronic respiratory, Alzheimer's, diabetes, flu and pneumonia, nephritis, and so on and so forth. And what she did is basically said, okay, so here's the, the normal amount of deaths, you know, kind of average for this time of year over the last six years. And she put negative or a positive, you know, like it's less than it usually is, or it's more than it usually is. And in the first week, uh, ending the 11th of April, 2020, there was a decrease in all cause deaths of 530 and an increase of 486 COVID deaths. In the next week, there was an, a decrease of all causes by 2,540 deaths and an increase of 2,561 COVID deaths. And in the following week, an increase of, or a decrease of 1,605 other deaths and an increase of 1,651 COVID deaths. So we're talking literally almost identical numbers of deaths, more deaths from COVID, less deaths from all other causes. It's almost a complete wash. So on a weekly basis, at least based on those three weeks, there has been almost an identical reduction in other causes of death as there was an increase in COVID deaths. And for the year, there have been about 267,000 less deaths from heart disease, influenza, respiratory disease, and pneumonia, with a sudden increase of about 267,000 COVID-19 deaths. Apparently, COVID-19, while horrifyingly scary as a virus, is also the cure for heart disease and other respiratory illnesses and influenza. Usually, I would say that the numbers don't add up. But in this case, they add up almost exactly. Last week, I talked about the so-called common sense measures to prevent COVID-19. We are told that they are common sense because they want us to say common sense. They want us to think common sense because when they say it's a common sense measure and we don't follow it, we feel like we must not have common sense. We must be dumb. So again, I ask the question though, isn't it common sense that someone should be looking into these numbers to determine if COVID-19 is actually curing heart disease? Okay, clearly I'm being sarcastic about COVID curing heart disease. But sometimes I've got to laugh at this because it's so ridiculous. Truth has become dangerous in America. Facts, literal facts are retracted for being dangerous and misleading as long as those facts conflict with the narrative about this virus. The narrative is COVID-19 is horrifyingly dangerous. The truth is, well, I'll let you decide. I'm going to cut to a break. When I come back, we're going to talk about something that I don't think I talk about enough on Vitality Radio. And so I decided to tackle it this week. We're going to talk about the health of your kidneys, 
and your urinary tract. We're going to go into urinary tract infections and kidney infections. We're going to talk about kidney stones. And we're going to talk about urinary urgency. There are things that you can do for all three that are natural, that are effective, and that are safe. That's what we'll talk about when we come back. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blog or online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is we don't just sell supplements. We consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Hello and welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. And it's good to be with you, of course, once again on the Vitality Radio Show and Vitality Radio Podcast. So the rant today was, I thought, really eye-opening. A lot of really interesting information there. But of course, I always want to give you something that is not just health news related or health politics related or health freedom related. All of those things I think are really, really important. It's a big part of the reason I do Vitality Radio. But I also want to give you some actionable advice when it comes to your own health. And today is no different. I've got some great information on urinary tract health, kidney health, and bladder health. And I want to specifically talk about urinary urgency, kidney stones, and then urinary tract and kidney infections. Those will be the big three that we'll talk about in the next 20 minutes or so. Before I do that, Vitality Radio, of course, is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful. If you are within the sound of my voice, no matter where you live, you are within reach of our help. You just give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. We love to help you in person or over the phone. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get right into this thing. I'm going to start with something that uh, 
I thought was really interesting, actually. Uh, my buddy Lamont Wilcox, you may have heard him on the show. If you haven't heard him, go back and listen to episode 39. It's been one of my favorite episodes, and a lot of my listeners love that episode because Lamont is a wealth of awesome information when it comes to your mind and how to uh, improve your health and well-being through improving the way that you think. Really cool information, but I was in a certification class with Lamont, learning uh, the ins and outs of how to retrain your brain. This is just about a week ago, and uh, about two weeks ago now, I guess. And he was talking about one of the most horrific moments in his life when he had a kidney stone for about five days. He said it was absolutely brutal, and yet, as he had learned to think differently about the challenges in life, he recognized that it was maybe one of the most important five days of his life. Now, I kind of jokingly, but half serious after he told that story, said, man, I could have made this probably a lot easier on you, buddy, with the kidney stones. Most people think kidney stones are absolutely awful. Well, everybody thinks they're awful. You'll never meet anybody who's had one that won't say that. My dad used to struggle with him, and oh, I wish I had this information back then for him. But I remember listening, and I'm recording this show in the my studio here in my home, which is actually my dad's old office. And so I remember him laying in the bed right next to this office, just groaning and moaning about the pain from the kidney stones. I've never experienced one, thank goodness. But I, all I had to do was watch him and listen to him to know that it's absolutely awful. Well, it turns out the kidney stones, while medically, they'll generally do an ultrasound treatment. Sometimes they have to do even more invasive things than that to try and break them up. Uh, they can be taken care of in different ways. There's actually an herb called chanca piedra, and it is also known as the stone breaker. And there is excellent evidence that it does exactly that when it comes to kidney stones. There's a formula made right here in Utah called Kidney Complete, which is a combination of a very unique form of apple cider vinegar, but also many other herbs that help to clear and cleanse out the uh, urinary tract and the kidneys. And what I've found from just anecdotal evidence, just talking to people who've used it, is that it makes the kidney stone process, the elimination of kidney stones, dramatically easier. And in many cases, will take somebody out of pain almost immediately. It's really amazing. There are things that can be done that are simple things. If you struggle with kidney stones on a regular basis, you ought to come talk to us at Vitality because we can help you with some of the do's and don'ts, some of the things that you may be doing to yourself to create these things. Because it's actually, it's fairly straightforward. It's not always the same for everybody, but there are a few things you may be doing that you need to stop or not doing that you need to start that will, in many cases, just prevent these from happening in the first place. But if you do get them on a regular basis and you've done the things that you need to to prevent that and you're still struggling with them, then the kidney complete is something you ought to have in your medicine cabinet because it is absolutely awesome. You wouldn't believe the kind of feedback we get on it from our uh, at Vitality. It's a liquid uh, that you drink. They have one actually for gall stones, gallbladder as well, that is fantastic. But specifically for kidney stones, kidney complete, absolutely awesome. Next category I want to talk about, and this is one that accidentally popped up on Vitality Radio about uh, 
I'm going to say about six years ago, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood, a guy named Terry Limerond. He's been in this industry for years. He has his own podcast called Terry Talks Nutrition, and he puts out these Terry Talks Nutrition pamphlets and things like that. We love Terry at Vitality. He's, they, they make some fantastic products. But one of the things that I love about Terry is that he kind of searches the world over for some really unique stuff. And frankly, some of it doesn't really ever hit. People don't uh, fall in love with it, use a whole lot of it. And some of it is absolutely awesome and totally unique. This next thing I want to talk about is for urinary urgency or incontinence. Now, when we talk about that, let's just talk about the numbers a little bit here. They're not isolated problems. About 17% of women and 16% of men over the age of 18 have overactive bladder issues. As we age, overactive bladder becomes even more common, affecting about 20% of adults over the age of 40. For men, the causes of overactive bladder often overlap with symptoms of benign prostate hyperplasia, which is BPH, otherwise known as enlarged prostate. Aside from urinary urgency during the day, though, many men deal with what's called nocturia, or basically the need to get up and go to the bathroom at night. And it's extremely disruptive because not only is it annoying and frustrating, but it messes with your sleep cycle. And when your sleep cycle is impeded by repeated trips to the bathroom, uh, it goes beyond annoyance. It gets to be a burden on your health. It can actually increase inflammation, decrease immune function, decrease mental and uh, emotional health. There's a lot of things that go along with it. Now, during the day, though, many people deal with daily incontinence. Uh, those who worry that every sneeze or laugh will make them wet their pants, even if it's just a little, are not alone. Urinary incontinence, whether due to chronic bladder irritation, bladder weaknesses, bacteria, or enlarged prostate, affects at least 25 million of us here in America. Most of the sufferers are women, but one-third of women and men 30 to 70 years old have experienced some symptoms of urinary incontinence. And while bedwetting is often associated with children, there are some adults who, because of their overactive or weak bladders, have never experienced a dry night. The natural herb that uh, Terry Limerond recommends actually can provide some hope. And I said it was accidental that we talked about this years ago. I had Terry on my show. And we ended up having like 10 extra minutes. We'd gone over the stuff we were going to go over. There was really nothing left in the notes. We cut to a commercial break. And I said, or he said, what else do you want to talk about? And I said, tell us about something that I don't know anything about that, uh, you know, that will be new to our listeners. And he started rattling off some things and he landed on a product called Saga Pro, which uh, has this herb in it called Angelica Arch, Archangelica. Uh, it's a very unique version of Angelica. It's known as the angel's herb that is grown uh, only in Iceland, actually. And what he started talking to me about it during the break, we only had a couple minutes and I was kind of fascinated by his like 30 second elevator pitch, so to speak, on this stuff. And now I want to tell you about it because when we talked about it back then, I got a 
rush of people interested in it. And that was the first time, honestly, that I realized how big of a deal this really is for people. So if you're one that struggles with it, or you know someone or love someone who struggles with it, keep listening because there's some really interesting stuff. The fruits and leaves and the roots of the plant have been used in folk medicine for centuries in Iceland. In fact, it was cultivated in the Nordic countries during the Middle Ages. Vikings Vikings even used this herb as a form of currency. In fact, banning the theft of Angelica was actually written into some of the earliest law books in Iceland over a thousand years ago. More recently, Angelica, though, has been found to contain a number of important compounds, including isoquercitrin and other flavonoids, polyphenols, and polysaccharides. And it's those compounds that researchers believe may be the reason why Angelica works for urinary incontinence. So let's talk about the actual studies, the research. They did an eight-week randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study. That's the gold standard of medical studies in this country. And uh, they specifically chose men suffering from nocturia. Now, I think this is interesting. Remember, nocturia is the nighttime emptying of the bladder when you should be sleeping. I think this is fascinating because, and this is something Terry taught me six, seven years ago that I did not know. But it's not just enlarged prostate that affects men and keeps them up at night. In fact, oftentimes it is actually bladder weakness or a combination of bladder weakness and enlarged prostate. So I love this study because it was done on men, even though men are not the most common uh, people to have this problem. They chose men that were 45 or older. Of course, this is the group that tends to have enlarged prostate. Many times... Any urinary frequency issues for men are immediately considered a prostate problem, which is why they chose these men to determine if it's prostate or if it's bladder that may actually be the issue because they'd already had success in studies with women. And so that's, that's what they chose to do. They took, they took these men and they specifically screened them for not nighttime emptying of the bladder and said, okay, how is this stuff going to work for them? And this is what the study showed. There are a few things that are measured when researchers test the, those dealing with nocturia, including nocturnal urinary output and nocturnal urinary capacity. What often happens as people age, and also in many cases of diabetes and cardiovascular issues, is that bladder capacity decreases as well. In fact, Part of that is because the bladder never seems to stop contracting. So there is simply less room in the bladder at any given time. The bladder tissue also gets weaker with age, making people more prone to accidental leaks before they can find a bathroom or while they sleep. During this study, three main parameters were measured. Increase in bladder volume, reduction in nocturnal voids, in other words, bathroom trips, an increase in the duration of the first sleep period, and the results were excellent. In the subgroup with a bladder capacity of less than 260 milliliters, those taking Angelica saw an increase in over 170%, sorry, of over 170% in bladder capacity versus the placebo group in just eight weeks. In the subgroup with more than three bathroom trips during the standardized 8.7 hour night, Angelica reduced trips by up to 
That's a significant improvement as well. And in the subgroup of men age 70 or older, Angelica increased the first uninterrupted sleep period by 180% versus the placebo. This is impressive because the prevalence of nocturia for men age 70 and older can range from 50% to 80% more. No wonder so many older individuals only get a few hours of sleep each night. Now, they've done studies also on women. And what they've proven basically is that if it is a bladder issue, then this specific form of Angelica, which is found in the product Saga Pro, is one of the most likely answers. There doesn't seem to be any side effects. It doesn't seem to have contraindications with other medicines. It seems to be very, very safe. It's a one-tablet formula. One tablet at night is what's typically recommended, although some people do need two a day. I've found over the last few years since Terry first enlightened me on this stuff, most people do night. Uh, Sorry, do not. They just need one a day. And it's even a guaranteed product. It is really cool stuff. I absolutely love it. And if you struggle with this, I highly, highly recommend it. Now, in the last few minutes that I have, I want to talk about urinary tract and kidney infections. Now, the biggest thing, and you may have heard me talk about this on Vitality Radio before, I don't know, but if you have, I apologize. I'm going to hit it again because I continually keep hearing people struggling with this problem, and it shouldn't be one for the vast majority of people. The single biggest issue is if you get a urinary tract infection, you generally end up at the doctor's office and you generally end up with an antibiotic. And when you generally end up with that antibiotic, you generally end up with chronic infections. That's what seems to happen. In fact, it's estimated that about 25% of women who get one, one urinary tract infection end up with chronic urinary tract infections. So I guess I shouldn't say you generally get, but 25% of women who get one urinary tract infection end up getting chronic urinary tract infections, which is considered three to four per year. If you are one of these women or men, because it does happen to men, but it's like 85% in women who deals with this, you have to recognize that it is the antibiotic that has probably created this weakness in your body's own ability to build the immune system strong enough to fight off these infections. And there is an alternative. Actually, there are multiple alternatives to antibiotics. Some people say cranberry juice. Well, I don't recommend cranberry juice. It's very high in sugar and it's not particularly concentrated, but I do recommend cranberry. Cranberry as a concentrate in a capsule is very effective, depending on the research, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 80% effective at fighting and eliminating urinary tract infections. And it does it through what's called anti-adherence. It basically prevents the bacteria from sticking in the urinary tract so that it just flushes out. Now that's beautiful because it doesn't kill anything. It doesn't kill the good bacteria. It doesn't even kill the bad bacteria. It just allows the bacteria to leave on its own. That is what we want. We want to quit killing everything. We're constantly, and it's even worse during COVID, trying to kill everything. We're terrified of germs, but guess what? Bacteria, viruses, to a large extent, they are our friends. They help to build our immunity. They don't generally kill us. They usually make us stronger. And in the case of urinary tract infections, we just need to flush it out. Cranberry works great for that, but even better is something called D-mannose. D-mannose is amazing. In clinical studies showing 
uh, with D-mannose on urinary tract infections that are E. coli based, it is 100% effective in the clinical studies. And 90% of urinary tract infections in America are E. coli based infections. And the funny thing about it is the D-mannose works incredibly quickly, 48 hours in most cases, 72 hours in some, and in a few, a little bit longer than that. But in the clinical studies, it's 48 hours to 72 hours. There's a trick to using D-mannose correctly. So if you decide you're interested in doing it, we'll tell you exactly how they did it in the studies if you call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662 is the number. That's 801-292-6662. And then I have one other thing that I love if you're looking to prevent urinary tract infections. Just Thrive Probiotic is my favorite to rebuild the bacteria that's been wiped out by the chronic urinary tract infections that have been treated chronically with antibiotics. That works great to build that back up. It takes a few months, sometimes longer. If you come in, we can kind of coach you on how you should probably take it and for how long, but also a product with a goofy name made right in Salt Lake City, Utah called Gladder Bladder uh, by Ridgecrest Herbals, a really, really cool product that actually has a unique hibiscus extract in it, as well as a very unique and very effective cranberry extract that is a great preventative maintenance thing. You can take a couple capsules a day. And in my experience, that tends to be enough to keep the doctor away, so to speak, when it comes to urinary tract infections. So when it comes to urinary tract infections, when it comes to kidney infections, when it comes to kidney stones, and when it comes to urinary incontinence, urgency, incomplete emptying, low flow, all of those things, there are natural alternatives that work, that don't have the side effects of the pharmaceuticals that are so commonly used for these things. And they're non-invasive, kind of worst case scenario, they don't do the job. The pharmaceuticals will always be there. So try a natural approach first, give it a whirl. You'll be surprised at how often it will take care of the problem that you have. I hope that that information is useful for you. Remember that if you heard this on the radio, or even if you heard it on the podcast, and you don't struggle with these things, but you know someone who does, a quick forward or share of the podcast is all you need to do to get the information to those people. And also, as I started the show, remember we are doing this little uh, contest, I guess you could say. I'm trying to get 23. 23 more five-star written reviews on Apple Podcasts to try and get to 100. That number just feels right. By the time we get to 100 episodes, we're at the 86th episode as of this one that you're listening to right now. And I want to get to 100. I just think it'll be cool. We want to get to 100, though, really for more than just coolness. We want to get there because it will help Apple to start pushing this podcast out to the masses getting more people educated on these things, learning the truth about health, the truth about the propaganda about health, and all things in between. If you like what you hear, please go tell somebody. I greatly appreciate it. You can call us if you have any questions about anything you heard on Vitality Radio today, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Thank you for listening. I appreciate any minute that you are willing to give me listening to Vitality Radio. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been... 
Vitality Radio. been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.